Hey everyone and welcome to the Real Fit Women podcast. Today I was talking with Victoria Morrison and her story in a nutshell is she cured herself of 20 years of binge eating and bulimia. Uh, she did a lot of research in, into how to do this and eventually by changing her mindset she found that she could move on from the, the eating issues she had. Uh, that was in her mid-30s and now she's a fit, healthy 48-year-old who still teaches pump classes. So hopefully you'll find out a little bit about how to deal with uh, emotional eating and binge eating and you might take away something from this interview. And as always, if you'd like to learn more about being fit and healthy over 30, go to www.realfitwomen.com. Okay, so today we're talking with Victoria of lifefitnesscoaching.com. Thanks for joining me, Victoria. That's my pleasure. So, your story, it's a bit of a, I guess it struck a few chords with me. I've, I've not had um, bulimia or anything, but I certainly have had my fair share of binge eating. Um, so, how did, you, how did you get started on this, this journey? What was your... Oh, I wow. Guess, yeah. <laughs> hey, well, how does one get started? Well... Yeah. Um, look, I didn't have any weight problems as a, as a child. There weren't really, um, any issues, but when I, oh, I think I hit about, about 13, I had been doing quite a lot of dancing and I did netball and things like that. And then I stopped doing ballet and instead went straight home from school instead of dance class and sat in front of the TV watching things like Scooby-Doo and Gilligan's Island and would eat Arnott's cream biscuits. And funnily enough, over a period of time, um, I clearly put on some weight. And um, thanks to Dolly Magazine, whom your Australian audience will know, <laughs> I looked at a height and weight chart and discovered that I was probably about half a stone over my ideal weight. So Dolly also offered up a nice little low-calorie diet and off I went learning how to count calories and dieting. And Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. And so, look, I, I, you know, I did lose some weight and, and I felt really um, good. I mean, you know, here I was a kid pretty, pretty much. When I say I felt really good, you know, I just felt that um, I didn't feel like there was, there was anything wrong. There really wasn't at this stage. You know, I was, was healthy, but I was counting calories. And then something happened. I can't even remember the specifics of it, but I can remember I was 14 and I was unhappy about something and I overate. And because I knew so much about calories, I was able to kind of count them up in my head and I realized, oh my goodness, I've eaten tomorrow's calories. All right, I'll have to fast. I just won't be able to eat tomorrow because otherwise, mm. <laughs> otherwise I concluded I would become a blimp. Um, so that just, you know, <laughs> that just started me off on a, a a very long path of very chaotic eating, um, binging on huge amounts of food. Well, it probably doesn't actually start with the binge. It starts with the fasting and the starving yourself yeah. and then binging on huge amounts of food and then thinking, oh, my goodness me, a fast doesn't even quite do it, so I'm going to have to exercise and I'm going to have to exercise for a long amount of time, over-exercise. So, you know, all of that was going on. And then in my later teens, then I discovered um, laxatives. And so I would um, take huge amounts oh, of laxatives. <laughs> Binge, awful. And, you know, so clinically I was bulimic, but I even felt like I was a failed bulimic because I couldn't make myself throw up. So, you know, I was pretty down on my 
about a lot of things, but then I was even down. Oh, my- oh no. <laughs> You know, it was a pretty out of control situation when it was out of control. And I mean, that's the thing with these sort of, um, you know, with eating disorders, particularly the bulimic dis- um, eating disorder, that, you know, um, it's it's done in secret. It's not something that, you know, you're really talking to people about or even showing them what, what you're doing. And so, you know, there were times where it was better than others. But, you know, pretty much for a period of 20 years, it was something that kept rearing its its ugly head and it was it just took up so much time you know you i was thinking about food a lot of the time thinking about how i could eat perfectly or how i could you know get my binge fix you know my junk food fix or whatever or how was i going to work off those calories etc just took up so much headspace in the really bad times and um yeah so bit bit of a problem there <laughs> just just a little bit of when I hit my mid thirties, I was was bored with it, but still felt stuck with it. I could just, I could, I knew so much about what I was doing and when it happened, and and I was really articulate about it. I'd been in all sorts of, you know, therapies and, and things, sort of on and off over the years. So I was really articulate about my story, but not actually able to do much with it. And of course, the really sad part of it is that from the age of 18, I'd actually been a, a fitness instructor. And so I was teaching classes or personal training. And sometimes it was it was full-time. I was working in, in health and fitness. And other times it was part-time. I had a corporate career that um, went on in tandem with that. And so, you know, I actually did know the principles of healthy eating and healthy eating for fat loss. And I also knew how to exercise as well. So I knew these things, but I just couldn't get myself to do it and not to, I couldn't get myself to do it for a period of time that was long enough to actually get to a weight that I was happy with and a body size that I was happy with. And I just couldn't get to do it um, consistently, I suppose. So I just, you know, it just, it just wasn't working for me in, in so sort of many ways. And I was really confused by that. And I felt really quite ashamed by it too. I felt sort of ashamed of my excess kilos. And Casey, it wasn't even like I was a, a blimp. I mean, it would have been five kilos at the most. But to me, you know, as a fitness instructor, I thought I was supposed to be perfect. And I also just felt like a hypocrite because I knew I wasn't walking the talk you know, and I certainly wasn't um, taking my own advice, the advice that I might have been giving my clients and things like that. So, it was not um, not a very happy, you know, time in my life, obviously, and in the really hard points of, of struggling with it. Absolutely. That was a long, what, long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. But as I say, like, I mean, it wasn't sort of there taking over my life in that really peak way all the time or it wouldn't have gone on for 20 years I don't I don't think but just you know there were many times where it was the focus of my life and I was very aware of the fact that there were quite a lot of things that I was saying no to in my life not everything but quite a lot of things that I was saying no until I'd got this under control until you know, I had the perfect body until my weight and all of those behaviors around that until I'd got them under control. And, you know, by the time I hit my mid thirties, I kind of thought, well, so, you know, when is that going to happen? Mm. You know, (laughs) it's it's not like you haven't actually been trying, Victoria, you know, it's not like you haven't been putting any effort or, or time or thought into this. And so, you know, I, I just had one of those sort of situations where I realized, 
you know, that if, if I don't make a stand now, if I don't really do something about it now, then in five years' time I'll still be doing the same thing. Yep. And that was, you know, a, a good, I suppose, realisation to have. It was a good place to finally get to if only it had happened a little earlier. But, you know, that's, you know, just that it happened, I suppose, is, is a positive. So, uh, you know, I really worked out that, yes, it was still something to do with my thinking. It was to do with my mind. But rather than looking at all of the reasons why I was having problems and, and how all of that was happening, I, I actually... Not, not that I personally just worked out, but um, with, with help from others, from books, from programs, and um, from a lovely doctor who helped me with some behavioral therapy as well, really learned that actually I'd really been, by the way I was thinking, I was guaranteeing that I was going to sabotage. By the way that I was thinking that, you know, assuming that this was going to be hard, that it was all going to be about, you know, depriving myself to actually, you know, re- release the excess that, that I didn't want on my body. Um, there were, there, I mean, there was a whole lot of pieces to it. It's really quite a big thing. But, you know, in a nutshell, it came down to my mindset and that even with the best nutrition and the best exercise um, program or advice or knowledge, I could still stuff it all up by the, the way I was actually thinking about it. And there's a, a, a lovely way of kind of um, looking at it, and I use this with my, my clients now because um, – I work with people um, now who are looking to lose weight and who are ready to look at the mindset piece of it. And, you know, we sort of talk about the fact that if, if we're giving ourselves really limited choices, if we say, look, okay, here's the deal. I can eat whatever I want. Wouldn't that be great? But the problem is then I'm overweight, then I'm fat. You know, or my other option is that, you know, I can be slim, but I'm going to be deprived and I'm going to be sort of, you know, bored with my eating and, and I'm going to be pretty miserable and just, you know, be focusing on the deprivation. So when we give ourselves just those two choices and neither of the choices is actually sort of a no-brainer, wow, that's the one I want to go for. You know, they yeah. both have this built-in negative thing, you know, I can, and it's actually asking you to choose. Either I have to choose to be fat or I have to choose to be deprived. Hmm. Wow. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And when, when you're asking yourself to choose that, I mean, I know that there's, there's a positive in both of those as well, but it just means that, so if you're going along, trucking along, using that positive thing as your motivation, then when you hit a, a snag, a sticky point in your life, whatever that, that is, for, for you as an individual, it just makes it harder to stay on track. So um, if it's not a no-brainer, this is a great thing and I'm not getting not, knocked off track for, for anything because this is what I really, truly, truly want to do through and through, then you're making it actually really hard for yourself. So those two um, you know, choices that have something unpleasurable in them, just they're just, they're just not going to be good enough. And I suppose what I learned is that I really had to make there be at least a third choice. There had to be something that was actually just win-win all around. So I had to really change my thinking to to be thinking that actually I can be, you know, lean and healthy and 
you know, feel wonderful self-confidence, energy and, and be attractive. And so that everything within my choice there was actually a positive. And then if I had to give myself two choices, then I could say, well, I can have all of that great stuff or I can be, you know, overweight and miserable and have low self-esteem and blah, blah, blah. And I know that, you know, I don't sort of want to say that, oh, look, anyone who's, you know, overweight has to have low self-esteem or is unattractive. It's not that. It's making a, a personal, a choice that meant something for me that would allow me to actually unravel these unhealthy sort of behaviors that I got myself sort of stuck, stuck with. So once I personally gave myself that that choice, it was so much easier for me just to stay on on track. And and I guess another part of it too, and not to sort of want to focus too much on, you know, I suppose a label of being clinically bulimic because I've met so many people who don't need to or have to actually give themselves that particular label. You know, we can go from eating disorders to disordered eating, you know, it's a bit of a spectrum. If you know that there's something that's just not making you happy about your eating, then then there's something sort of to be looked at. And and for a lot of us, we've got that all or nothing approach to to our weight and to controlling our weight. And I had to make a decision. I sort of thought, well, I'm I'm so great at doing this all or nothing. Um, I, I decided that instead of my only options being, you know, I eat perfectly and everybody has their idea of what are good foods and what are bad foods and what's perfect eating, what's clean eating or whatever, I kind of expected that I should, could, would be able to do that. Um, but it was too much. It was just too perfect. There was no moderation in it. And so inevitably I would I would fall off track and, and that would lead then to a binge where it was just mm. full, you know, the nothing yep. side of it. <laughs> Absolutely. No, yeah, nothing healthy, nothing good about it. No positive self-talk, nothing. It was awful. So this is all or nothing. So I thought, well, since I'm pretty good at doing this obsessive thing, I'm going to be obsessive about finding that middle path. Because any time I kind of looked back in my history and thought, you know, we'll take a chunk of time, take six months and look at the, look at the amount of time that I'd eaten perfectly, apparently, and I'm using kind of air quotes there, versus the amount of time that I'd eaten revoltingly with all of the junk food, mix it all up. And over that six months time, I'd pretty well just done a pretty middle of the road kind of nutrition strategy and and pretty much maintained. So I thought, well, why don't we just go the middle, of, but, but made myself miserable, you know. Yeah. So I thought, well, why not go the, the middle of the road? Why don't I actually choose an eating plan that is a lot more moderate and if the worst thing that happens is that I maintain, fine, that's okay because I'm going to be learning some newer behaviours so that I'm just going to, you know, start being a little bit more normal if there's such a <laughs> eating and exercise, that sort of thing. So anyway, so I kind of did that. I'm going to go the middle path. And I actually found that then when I was doing that and um, it was when when I added in the exercise and my activity level, it was actually really so much easier to to stay on track. I mean, it doesn't, I know that doesn't sound very exciting, <laughs> but it was kind of a revelation to me that I, I could do it. And that particularly coupled with being able to simply focus on all of the positives of the whole process of releasing the excess weight. Whereas what I had been doing was really focusing on the negatives, how hard it was and you know, how bad I was that I couldn't do it perfectly or this, that and the other. 
And so, I mean, that's just a few of the things that actually sort of changed with the the mindset shift. But it really did, um, yeah, make a, a very big difference to my life. And, you know, it's been 10 years now. Yep, that's good. Yeah, so I, you know, I lost the lost five kilos. I got lean, and now I enjoy exercise. You know, for the all the health benefits and all of the great things that it, that it brings, N- not as some punishment for some ex some sort of diet that I've cheated on or something like that. And you know, I ha- there are no forbidden foods in my life, and I know we hear sort of people often sort of say that, oh, no such thing as a forbidden food. You know, there might be in my head, oh, well, there's such a thing as a forbidden amount of some foods because that wouldn't be healthy and that wouldn't be kind to myself. So, you know, why would I even want to do that? So, again, it it never feels never feels like I'm depriving myself of anything. I know I can have anything that, that I want um, and I just have learned how to actually balance it how to how to choose it in a very balanced way so that's what the middle the middle uh path looks like it's it's a balance of yeah it's not saying on the one hand saying no 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 you can't have this and you can't do that and not being on the other hand super strict you know carrots and celery sticks only It's, it's about i guess saying yeah like you say nothing's um there's no forbidden foods but there's I guess, forbidden amounts or, you know, I can have one chocolate yeah. or something like that, but not a whole packet kind of thing. Well, yes, but do you know, the, the truth of the matter is, Casey, that my thing, you know, everybody has their their thing that they like. You know, it might be cheesecake, it might be hot chips, it, it might be whatever. My thing <laughs> is Rocky <laughs> Rocky Road, the one that's made by Daryl Lee. So, Rockley Road, I think it's called. Yeah. You know, and I with with my clients, I sort of say you you do have to have to work it out for yourselves. I've got I've got clients who can do the I can have one chocolate at a time. I can have chocolate in the cupboard. Then I have other clients who say, no, I still don't want to have chocolate in the cupboard. It's whatever sets you up for success. Now, when I have my thing, my 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 rocky road, I don't like just saying, well, I'll just have a slice and um, just a bit of it, and then I'll just put the rest away maybe for another week or whatever. No, no, I still like to eat the whole thing. And thank, thankfully, they've got several sizes now. <laughs> well, ones which is pretty good, but I think it's the hundred gram one. It's the one that I kind of sort of think, you know, I really quite like just to, you know, when I have that, I quite like to have that. But you know, even as I say that, I'm thinking, oh, maybe, oh no, that's making my <laughs> hairs on the back of my neck stand up a little bit. So it's getting less and less and less. And you know, the time between me eating the whole bar of it is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and you know, so it's what's really great is that I kind of come to this real acceptance that there is a path to be traveled. When you're really stuck in that all or nothing, you want it all now. You 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 have no patience for embedding new lifestyle behaviors mm. and change that. And so just you know, making progress, going for progression and not expecting perfection, but going for progression and seeing every little bit of progress as a win is such a big change in where my mindset was. And it's just, it is just so much more comfortable and it allows you to count so many things as successes. And so, you know, it's also not a matter of, um, you know, when you're sort of saying before about, well, I can have one chocolate, but I'm, you know, but I'm not allowed to have the the whole, <laughs> yeah. 
the whole box kind of thing. Uh, when I sort of talk to my clients, you know, we just a, a little bit, a little bit more. I'm not sure what the word is, but it's just it's something about the language that is a little less prescriptive, perhaps. Yeah. And saying that. So, you know, I sort of say, look, if you really, really, if you actually really, really enjoy having a whole box of chocolates at a time, okay, if that's what you want, then you'll need to work out a way for you to be able to do that. So, you know, it means maybe you're not going to be able to do it very often. It might mean, and, and, and we also, we do care about health and nutrition principles. And so it's not this thing of, okay, you can have whatever you want. Yeah, how to have a Big Mac every day and not. Go yeah. for a junk diet, don't worry, have whatever means pleasure to you. But there's also kind of woven into that the fact that, you know, eating healthily, eating the way nature intended us to eat is actually what our bodies find pleasurable. Now, our taste buds have been assaulted by processed foods. And so, you know, all of these extra sugar and salt and flavorings and MSG and whatever, it's, you know, it's a party on your tongue. But when you start to sort of, you know, just, just take that out of the diet, replace it with the things that your body was actually designed to be excited about, to digest, you know, to be healthy on and all of the rest of it. And when you really start caring about looking after your body, you, you get back into that that mindset of, wow, that you know, having a peach is a real treat, you know, and you only have to look at, at kids. My kids just, you know, yes, they love chocolate, <laughs> Absolutely. But they get excited if I hand them a raw snow pea, you know. Wow. <laughs> no, and that just, you know, that's, and I can remember as a kid, my mum used to, to give us raw beans while she was cutting them up and, and a carrot. And, you know, that was great stuff, the crunch and all of the rest of it. And we've kind of, you know, just deleted perhaps, some of us anyway, have, have deleted the pleasure of that. And so it's getting back in touch with, with that pleasure and it, it becomes a genuine pleasure. I know it sounds cheesy when you kind of just talk about it, you know, oh, the pleasure of eating a crunchy salad. <laughs> it's kind of to a lot of us, it thinks like, oh, yeah, you've got to be kidding. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Give me a, I don't know, a Krispy Kreme or give me a piece of cheesecake or whatever any day, you might, might kind of be thinking that's my idea of indulgent pleasure. But it does change. It, it does yeah, change. It does. And, yeah, and it's not necessarily something that's going to change straight away. Um, it may for, for some people, and when I work with um, NLP techniques with, with my clients, neuro-linguistic um, programming techniques, we can make some very, very fast changes in terms of um, the foods that they find pleasurable. So making um, healthy foods seem a whole lot more um, pleasurable, feel a lot more whole pleasurable and a lot more enticing. Um, it's, it's to do with the way that we um, encode where we hold that sort of representation in our brain so we can oh, make those yeah yeah that, look that's yeah that's something I identify with a lot like you, it's that emotional attachment to a certain thing but when you have it you're like this is actually really horrible why am I <laughs> eating this it does you know but you just had to have it for some some reason that you've attached to the the thing meant something to you somewhere yeah and we can play with that, with that exact thing of, you know, where you um, sort of hold something for one of a, maybe a better expression, but where you hold it in your 
um, feeling and your mind representation. If something is really, really attractive to you, well, let's take take that place of, of encoding and let's put that encoding on top of fresh fruits and vegetables and make them feel to you a lot more genuinely attractive. And then we can do the reverse for those things that hold that Sort of, I, I talk to my clients about you know the siren song of the whatever it is that you know that's hidden in the in the kitchen cupboard. Yeah, that's a good good way of putting it. <laughs> it is that, that's, you know that it's there, and a lot of people relate to that. You know, they say, "I just can't let it be in the house. I've just got to have it. I've got to get rid of it in the house, so it's got to go in." You know, and so those kind of foods where you feel powerless, and you're not really powerless, but you do feel powerless. We can use um, sort of the flip side of encoding. So we can make sure that those actually feel less irresistible for you. You actually, you get the space where you can think about it and think, do I really want that? Is that, you know, I know I can have it because I would always want my, you know, the people that I work with to be thinking, well, you know, of course I can, but no, I don't really want to have it today because this is this is what I prefer in my life. I prefer, you know, feeling um, comfortable in my clothes and I f- prefer feeling confident when I, you know, present in front of um, my team at work or whatever, whatever it is for you. And so, you've, you've got the choice then and that's empowering. It's, it's not that, oh, no, I, it's... You know, it, it may be that you actually choose to say, oh, look, it's just a rule for me. I don't eat that stuff. And, and I certainly have that for me with fizzy drinks, for example. I can't see anything at all <laughs> that's fantastic about a fizzy drink. I don't like the taste. I don't like any of, it, any of it. So I'm perfectly happy to say, oh, it's a rule for me. I don't do fizzy drinks. But it's, it's a rule that kind of comes from within. It's not an externally kind of imposed rule. It's like my, my, my taste buds and my, <laughs> I don't know. My heart, my guts, everything says no, no, no. And so that's, there's no fighting that, that kind of a rule. It's not. It's just effortless. It's just, it is what it is. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that's, that's, you know, where I have, have come to now. I love, you know, the fact that you've chosen that word effortless because I feel in some of my marketing material when I talk about, you know, we want to make weight loss easy and effortless. It just sounds, ridiculous you know how is that going to happen but the, the, the it, it does become easy and, and and effortless when you drop the struggle when releasing those excess kilos is about depriving yourself and it's about being on a diet that you inevitably come off and phew thank goodness for that because it was so hard being on the diet when it feels so hard then it's it's anything but easy and effortless but when you drop the struggle and you make it about pleasure and you just keep going with everything that kind of comes up as, oh, well, that bit's not pleasurable. Well, let's have a look at that. Let's, let's look at how we, can, how we can turn that around. And um, everything, you know, can be reframed, can be, can be turned around. And, you know, I'm talking about limiting beliefs such as um, people come to me sort of saying, look, everyone in my family's fat, so, you know, I must have the fat gene and therefore, you know, it's too hard for me to lose weight. Well, there's a limiting belief there. Mm. They believe it deep down and it really feels real for them. And that's what, that's what we have to work with. Or, you know, I've, I've stuffed up my metabolism. I've got a really slow metabolism. It's just going to be really hard for me to lose weight and it's just going to take too long and I can't stay on track for that amount of time. You know, that type of thing. Or I, the I just like all the wrong foods. And yeah, that's a big one that I come across talking to people. And that's probably mine as well, to be honest, is that... Yeah. 
yeah, people are like, you can't, I can't, how can I live without stuff? Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Then, how can I live without it? You know, how can I live without chocolate or how can I lose weight um, eating chocolate? And the thing is, well, that's where your mind is going at the moment. You're focusing on, you know, I can't lose weight because I like chocolate. Well, okay, we've got to flip that and say, how can I lose weight while continuing to enjoy chocolate? And then when you phrase it in that way, then you start actually looking for solutions because it's just a problem and problems have solutions. It's not, you know, weight, uh, being overweight or having some excess kilos is not a permanent condition unless you make it permanent by your thoughts. But if you're saying, oh, yeah, got a few extra kilos, all right, well, there's definitely a solution to that. And there is. There absolutely is. So if we are, you know, have an open heart and an open mind and think, right, so all I have to do is find the solution, just get about finding the solution. And if you try something and it doesn't quite work or you try it, it works for a while and then it doesn't, you know, it really is just learning, learning, well, what's going to be the right strategy for me? And, um, you know, I think somebody on one of your other podcasts sort of said, you know, there's not a one size fits all or, you know, every, you know, there's, there's not just one. Yeah. yeah work for, for everyone and it's so true because you know my taste buds will be different from your taste buds and some people have allergies and some people just have bodies that you know eat or um, digest you know protein um, more happily than others or some are happier with carbohydrates than others there's all sorts of things that are going to be different and there's all sorts of cultural things etc so there's a range of ways that it can work and if we just say to ourselves, oh, well, you know, I can't lose weight because I couldn't live without X, without whatever it is, that just pushes us into a corner. Really what we want to know is, well, okay, so how can I, how can I lose weight, me, the person who really loves chocolate? How can I lose weight? Because it's still possible. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and that's excellent. You have to believe that it's possible and that, and that it's, that it's, you know, that you just have to keep going and, and find how to do it. And the beautiful thing is, you know, we've heard so many, um, when you hear weight loss success stories and people will talk about the fact, you know, at the end of it, you know, and I'm one of them. Wow, I actually enjoy eating healthily, you know. Yes, they do. <laughs> and I like to exercise now. You know, there are no forbidden foods in my life and, and I can eat just a small amount of chocolate or I can not eat chocolate for a long time and then I can, you know, have my fix and blah, blah, blah. People will often sort of think, well, wow, bang, I've just, I've got to get there and I've got to get it right. I've got to go straight to that. It might take a little bit of practice. Excellent. Well, thanks for your time, Victoria. Sorry about the hassles with the <laughs> dropping out. Um, but yeah, if people want to learn more, they can go to lifefitnesscoaching.com and I'll include, um, include a link on the blog. But what, what is it that you do? Victoria, you say you're a weight loss coach specialising in mindset. So how can you help everybody? Yeah. Look, and it, it, it's, um, <laughs> I love the fact that you <laughs> just gave my URL and then so what is it that you do? Because I'm actually just about to um, to rebrand. I'm in the um, process of that at the moment. But people will be redirected okay. um, from lifefitnesscoaching.com to the new website that's called weightlossmind.com. So um, what, I, what I do is... Um, well, there's a number of things that I do, but you know, basically, I help people to get the right mindset for weight loss, for successful weight loss. A lot of my clients come to me saying, "Look, I know what to do. I'm just not doing it." 
And so I can work one-on-one with people. Um, I can do some very intense um, work with a program called Activate Your Mind, which is an NLP-based behavior change program. I also have um, an audio program that's um, available from my website that's called Mindset Reset for Weight Loss. And that's a great little program. What I love about it is it is the processes that I use for myself, but a bit more, um, a little bit more intense, I think, actually, than what I even used for myself. So um, I used 10 years ago to get my own um, mindset really flipped and to start myself on this way more positive journey. So um, that's available as well. But, you know, I, I, I do a bunch of things. So have, have a look on the website. Um, so whether people are um, in Sydney or whether they're further away, I do distance coaching as well. And, um, and I, I do work globally on a, um, a couple of other programs. So if people are interested, have a good call around my website and feel free to be in touch. Yeah, and I think we're we're seeing more and more, not just on this podcast, but also in mainstream media and magazines, that mindset is such a big deal mm-hmm. when it comes to every part of your life, but especially yeah. especially when it comes to things concerning your health yeah. and your your fitness. Absolutely, and look, speaking as someone who had a, a, you know some pretty crazy stuff going through her mind at one stage, um, you know it, it's it's really empowering to to know that you know whatever crazy stuff anybody wants to present me with, <laughs> um, it, it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I you know I have kind of heard it all before, and I know how crazy it is, and I know how frustrating it is, and and I know just you know when you're successful perhaps in other areas of your life as well, it's actually just really frustrating to think, gosh, why can't I get this eating and moving thing right? You know, why has this become such a big stuck block blockage kind of thing in my life? And so, you know, when you can find a way out of it, it just it, it really does just make it just opens up a, a whole new world and a whole new relationship with your body and with food and, and everything. So you know, it's it's very empowering stuff, and I, I love. As you, I think you can tell, I'm very passionate yes. about the work that I do. <laughs> that's, that's excellent, though. So cool. All right. Well, thanks again, Victoria, and uh, I'll put I'll put the new the new website link up on the blog post as well, so people can find you. And Thank you. Um, I hope somebody out there got something out of this conversation. Absolutely, I hope so too. Thanks, Casey.